This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. A contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think, eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. From MPB Think Radio, this is AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Jermaine Flood. We're talking about wheel hub bearings today, and we're here to help steer you in the right direction. You can always email your questions to our address, auto at mpbonline.org. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. I'm Jermaine Flood. Hey, Coach Charlie. How are you doing today? I am doing good today. How is your day going today? Well, just a couple more days and I'll be gone for a week or going out of town, going out of the country for a yeah, week. Yeah. And I will be back. Yeah. But I'm having an excellent day. Right, right. And you won't have to drive when you go out of country. I will not be driving. You get to fly. I get to fly. <laughs> no automobiles for you. None at all. <laughs> maybe when you get over there. Yeah, right? maybe. Uh, meantime, in between time, you won't be, you'll be on a plane somewhere. <laughs> without, without my phone. <laughs> right, without your phone. <laughs> well, that sounds great. That sounds great. And I'm, I'm wishing you Godspeed on your trip and, you know, just just good travel. Well, thank you. So, yay. Well, today we're going to get to talking, Coach, about wheel hub bearings because you told me that's what we were going to do. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> Our email address for questions is auto at mpbonline.org. But, Coach, I've got your definition <laughs> Go for it. Let's see if they got it right. A wheel hub bearing assembly usually includes manufactured bearings, sensors, and seals. The assembly is a collection of the different parts that gives the wheels free rotation, while the bearing is the part that manages your vehicle's weight and movement. That is a good definition. Oh. But to put it in layman's term, it is the bearing that holds the axle to keep it where it has no friction so it can turn. Okay. That is really what that bearing is used for. You know, they have roller bearings, needle bearings, and they're always on, uh, you'll have them on the front hubs or you'll have them in the rear axle. Mm -hmm. So you'll have them in different places, but they all do the same thing. They support that axle so it turns smoothly. Right. So a lot of times when you have a hub and uh, the bearing starts going out, you'll hear it sounds like an airplane, Mm -hmm. you know, and as the speed increases, that's exactly what that bearing sounds like when it's going out. Or you hear a roaring sound okay where you'll hear like grumble yeah okay so you can tell if the bearing is going out on those vehicles and like say either they could be pressed in or they can be tapered bearings there's all types of different bearings that you would have that's an automobile okay okay so you can use different types the older model vehicles well not i wouldn't say really older but uh, like the Front wheel drive, the rear wheel drive vehicles that mm-hmm. had uh, brakes and all the rotors and all, they had the bearings put in. You had a outer bearing and an inner bearing, and you had a seal that held them in. Okay. Okay. Now you have on these front wheel drives all pressed in bearings. Okay. Okay. And they're pressed into the hub itself. 
So you really take it out. Either you replace the bearings or you go buy a new hub. Okay. okay. Now, what's the hub? Tell me about that piece. Okay. The hub is what holds the wheel. It has the wheel studs coming out of it where you oh, put the nuts yeah. on and hose the wheel. Yeah, that, yeah, is yeah, called, yeah. that is called the hub. Okay. Okay. So you, that's where the bearing is inside that hub. Okay. Okay. That's where the bearings live is inside the hub. Right. So nothing of the wheel hub bearings are attached to the vehicle itself. They're more inserted inside of the wheels themselves. They could be in the Or the rims themselves. Well, not in the wheels. Okay. They would be on the hub, inside the hub. Okay. Okay, you could remove the hub. Gotcha. And you'll have a bearing inside it. Yeah. If they're not inside that, it will be pressed on the... uh, knuckle part itself. Okay. Okay. There is a stub shaft coming out. Okay. You and that's why I said we're going to talk about the bearings and the axle shafts. Mm-hmm. You have a stub shaft. You have half shafts, and you have solid shafts. So CV joint. Okay. Uh, so a CV axle that would be on a front wheel drive vehicle. Okay, and it has a very flexible end on it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it has a rubber boot that holds all the grease and the bearings in it. Mm-hmm. And these type of bearings are different than roller bearings and needle bearings. These are uh, trapezoids. They're different types of bearings okay. that are in there. And front wheel drive has a half shaft and a full shaft. Now they go into the transmission, or they go into the. Uh, Let's call it an E-shaft, mm-hmm. okay, the electrical motor part where the transmission and the gears are for the uh, electric uh, vehicles themselves. Mm-hmm. And then on the other end where, the, where it's flexible, that is where they go into the bearing. Okay, as okay. they go in that bearing, it rides in that bearing. Okay. So okay. that's what keeps it smooth, and that's what keeps it from making noise. Right, right, right. Jay, you Coach, got, I want to be there when they do all the thought? testing. <laughs> on those things, they rattle and shake those cars all violently, like they do. Well, you got to make you got to make another piece of equipment that can push a car around something that big, well, and he, those axles around, and put all that pressure on them to test them. That's a lot of incredibly important data that they're taking. And I know you're talking about some of the the adva- the different types of you know axles and things like that. And that's I know that's advancement in technology, but that's 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 fascinating how they can test. Yeah, you know, put those pressure on cars and things like that. I think a lot of times now, uh, if you go through the potholes down Jackson, they get a good, <laughs> they get tested pretty good going through the potholes. Unofficial yes, tests for because sure. Because really, that is what makes them break and go bad. Is that so? I should have invested in Yazoo clay. That's right. That's what I should have invested. In. <laughs> but that is really what makes them go bad, as well as potholes or uh, you hitting curves and all will break those axles. Yeah, you know, uh, Jeep Cherokees were real prone. They have a solid axle in the back. And I was driving down the road one time. This is a car story. I was driving down the road one time, and the axle hub just broke off the car. <laughs> I'm talking about it just broke. You know, it's welded onto the axle. Yeah. And it just broke. And the wheel, the axle started, the wheel started coming off. Oh, my gosh. Right there. And Jeep Cherokee's older models had a problem with that. Coach, what did you do to get out of that? Oh, I stopped the car, jacked it up. Well, got thank axle goodness that wheel didn't fly off with you know, me in there. Well, I was going real slow. Okay. So okay. I was going through a neighborhood. Yeah. That's but, wild because, you know, I mean, Jeep is a car that's known for, you know, having to kind of be, kind of be rough and tumble. Uh, it tumbled all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you start looking. They have a single piece like that and then weld it on on top of that. That just seems like. Hmm. Well. That doesn't follow through with what the reputation of that car is at all, but I don't know. Well, those are solid axles. They're called solid axles, and the hub is welded onto that axle coming out of there. And now the bearings for that axle is inside 
the axle housing on rear-wheel drive vehicles. Mm-hmm. You cannot see it. Yeah. So you'd have to tear the whole axle down to get that bearing out. Out of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's a lot of different things when you start talking about CV axles and different type of bearings in these vehicles and where they are. You know, it's not easy. You can just pull one out and put another one in. Right. You have to really know what you're doing on them. So maybe, I, I'm, maybe I'm not bright with this, but can you customize these? Can they be something different than they were when the manufacturer made the vehicle? Well, let's go back to positive traction. You know, uh, we used to have positive traction vehicles. We had limited slip vehicles. And then if you really, how people really wanted to make positive traction when they didn't make positive traction anymore, what they do, they would weld the axles in the rear of these vehicles. Mm-hmm. And they would turn the same time. What they'd do, they'd weld them in the differential housing. And now they would turn and they'd have positive traction. Right. Because if you look at any vehicle out there, especially rear-wheel drive, only one wheel is turning. And only one axle has power to it. Okay. Okay. Why would you want two? Well, that's going to make it stronger. That means that both wheels have power. Instead of one just pulling or pushing, you have two pushing and pulling. Just in case you're drag racing. Uh, yeah, that would work too. So I'm trying to get a scenario that, for that. That would make it go a little, yeah. you, you would get more traction. Off of that, yeah. But now the manufacturers have made a thing called differential lock. Okay. Or different or differential axle locks, and it does the same thing, and it uses wheel sensors. Once again, it's using different type sensors in order to make those differentials lock mm-hmm. and those axles lock. Mm-hmm. Because if you know anything about cars, is that when you make a curve, the inside wheel is going slower than the outside wheel. Okay, boy, coach, you know it all. And the reason what? is because the outside wheel. Has to, it has a bigger turning radius yeah. than the inside wheel. Yeah. To the unknowing and the untrained eye, all those wheels move together in the same tandem to me. But, but you don't. just said they don't. They don't. Not when you're making a curve. Oh, mind blown emoji right now. So that's that's what, some science there, Coach. Physics. Well, that's, that's some once physics. Again, all that testing in order to make sure that vehicle's running correctly. That is awesome. You always. I'll pull some my, my cousin Vinny out again. <laughs> you can pull her out again. <laughs> there was, was there. The, the, she didn't say that, too. They didn't go through all of that, Jay. They didn't go to matter of speaking. They did talk about some of that right there. Some of that they did. (laughs) Defense is wrong. (laughs) You sound just like her, Jay. You sound just like her. This email says our 2014 Jeep has towed our travel trailer without incident for the last five years. The trailer weight is well within the towing capacity. It has suddenly started overheating quickly when the tow when we towed the trailer, but does fine when not towing. What should we check? So what are you doing there? Um, first of all, I see if we've got a transmission cooler on there. According to the weight, you can put transmission coolers in there, and the fluid would go through it, and it would cool a little faster. Because most transmissions, if it's, especially if it's an automatic transmission, it goes through the radiator, cools that away. Mm-hmm. But you put you another transmission cooler on there, that oil will cool off faster. Okay. Okay, okay. So just make sure you get that oil cooling faster. Yeah, that's all it is. You can get a cooler. You, it's called an oil cooler. Okay, okay. Mounts right on front of the radiator. Right. Those doggone Jeeps. <laughs> <laughs> well, that really, uh, that, that'll work on any vehicle because a lot of vehicles do. Once they start towing things, right. they will start overheating. And so that's 
most vehicles, if they're heavy duty, will come with a cooler, mm-hmm. but you can put a cooler on any vehicle. And make sure you got that wheel hub and bearing together on that That's Jeep, right. too. Yeah, you want to make sure it don't come off on you. Before you start towing around there. Well, I think there's a lot of <laughs> maintenance. You need to make sure that they're inspected. Those axles are inspected, the CV joints. Because yeah. what happens, um, I don't know if you ever heard any, uh, somebody says their front end's popping. Mm-hmm. Well, what that is, is that the axle itself is going bad, especially when you make a curve, a turn. Yeah. It will pop. Oh. And when you hear it pop, that means that axle needs to be replaced. Okay. Okay. And a lot of times people just keep driving when they just keep popping. Yeah. And next thing you know, you see them on the side of the road. And something popped off. Something popped off that wheel. <laughs> that, that wheel's done popped off and you're sitting on the yeah, side of the road. She's going to be terrified of that happening to her for a <laughs> No, something popped off. It will pop off. Oh, wee. Oh, wee. That's scary. But we'll, we'll get it together we'll get because together. of you, Coach. That's because right. of you. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Jermaine Flood. If you want even more AutoCorrect, find our podcast on all podcast platforms for your smart device. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Well, here are some recent recalls. Ford adds more 2004 to 2006 Rangers to Takata-related replacement inflator recalls. So this is affecting vehicles, including those years and Rangers um, that received replacement front passenger side airbag inflators and three previous recalls. The airbag inflator may have been installed in an incorrect orientation, which could prevent the airbag from deploying in the event of a crash, increasing the risk of an injury. To resolve the issue, dealers will inspect and reinstall the front passenger side airbag inflator as necessary for free. They will begin notifying owners May 22nd, but those with further questions can contact the automaker. And finally, in recall news, BMW steps up um, to steps up Takata repair efforts and issues a do not drive order for 90,000 vehicles. So BMW is the latest automaker to take action in resolving its part of the long running Takata airbag crisis. This is a big crisis. The German luxury marquee has issued a do not drive mandate for some 90,000 vehicles that have not yet had their driver's side airbag inflators replaced. And all affected vehicles were already under a previous recall, but haven't been repaired despite intense outreach to owners, BMW has stated. Okay, so this includes model year 2000 to 2006 BMW 3 Series sedan, model years 2000 to 2003. These are some of the older ones. Um, sedans in model year 2000 to 2004 SUV. Such vehicles were manufactured with inflators that contain a propellant whose chemicals degrade after long-term exposure to temperature fluctuations and and humidity increasing the odds of a rupture. Humidity is everything down here. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration has said such driver side inflators have a 50% failure rate if the inflators rupture. Metal shrapnel can be ejected towards the driver, causing potentially fatal injuries. For vehicles remaining un- unrepaired, NHTSA urges owners to check its site using their vehicle identification number to see.
see if they're affected and park the vehicle until a repair has been completed. Owners can also check um, for their recalls through that recall to tool on their website. Um, parts are available and the repair is free. So if you've got any questions about this, I'll have a link to the recalls in our podcast show description. And of course, you can always visit them at NHTSA.gov forward slash recalls and inputting your VIN. We're talking about wheel hub bearings and we're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. Let me talk to you about those recalls. Okay. You know, BMW said they haven't got a hold of all of the uh, cars out there. Mm -hmm. You need to make sure that uh, when you get a new car and you transfer it, make sure that they know that they are recalls on it because a lot of times who you sell the car to Mm. may not look that up. So if you buy a used car or a new car, make sure you go to the website, look for those recalls because now if you notice, those Takata airbags have been recalled three times and they've been through fixed three times makes and, not and everything yet. yeah yes. through different makes and everything so that's a good tool thank you coach and we keep that tool in our podcast description that's so right. head to the podcast for more on that todd is in jackson he's got a question about clicking when making turns todd you're on with coach charlie uh coach i've got a uh, 2012 uh, ford f-150 that's four-wheel drive and when I'm in two-wheel drive, when I'm driving normally and at low speed, I'm hard of hearing, so that's the only time I probably would hear it anyway, even if it was happening at high speed. In extremes of turn, uh, I can hear and sometimes sort of feel, and it's both directions, uh, a slight clicking, uh, a slight bump uh, that feels like it's coming from you know the front end. Uh, this car, this truck has a little over 190,000 miles on it. Should I be concerned that this is a an axle or a bearing issue? Well, it could be an axle, not really not a bearing, making the clicking noise. Uh, does it have a damper? What what size truck did you say it was? Yeah, it's a it's an F one hundred and fifty. It's an XLT, but it is four wheel drive. Okay, yeah, you might want to just make sure because a lot of those front wheel drives do have a damper on the front of them, and just make sure because a lot of times. That damper gets loose. If it's not the damper itself, you want to take and check the um, stabilizing bar right there, the stabilizing bar and the links in the front of it, because a lot of times they'll they'll move a little bit. I'll let you tell me what a damper would be on on the front end of this thing. What what would the damper be? Okay, does it have a shock on the front of it? Uh, Like as you steer it, it has an extra shock, and it's long ways. You can see it. I believe it does, yeah. So that's the dampers. I got you. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. It it may. I'll uh, I'll get the dealership to check that when I'm in. Yeah, because I have um, replaced a couple of those, and what happens, the uh, <laughs> bolts come loose where it's the knuckle itself on that damper, and it'll make that clicking noise when it turns. Gotcha. And uh, is that very hard for the dealerships to, to check, or is it a straightforward thing? Oh, it's a straightforward thing. Just see, you know, it just has to, uh, a bolt on each side, and you can check that pretty easy. Great advice. Thank you so much. I appreciate the program. Yes, sir. Todd, thank you so much for your call. Coach, you always know how to help. I want to get back into our talk about um, wheel hub bearings. Tell me about some of the different axle types. Well, you have a, uh, first of all, you have a CV axle. Those are all on front-wheel drive vehicles, and they are on some uh, rear-wheel drive vehicles. They Instead of uh, going to straight axle, they mm-hmm. have changed, especially four-wheel drives. 
Okay, four-wheel drives, uh, they used to have them where they had an axle that had a U-joint in them, and now it's just a CV axle. And it can do the same thing as a uh, front-wheel drive. Those boots will bust, water will get in them, and water and grease makes acid. Mm-hmm. Acid eats bearings, mm-hmm. it eats metal. Now you'll hear that clicking sound. And by him having four-wheel drive, that could be a problem as well. And that could be his issue, That too. could be his issue as well, oh, being a four-wheel drive, okay. especially if it has a boot coming through there where the axle is like a CV axle. Axle, yeah, the, I would check the boot, make sure it's not torn, make sure that there's grease in that boot. Okay, okay, and then you have uh, straight axles. Straight axles are really for four wheel drives and rear wheel drives. Okay, that was the, and they still have a lot of straight axles right now, mm-hmm. and they will put CV axles in the rear as well. But uh, the straight axles, that is where the hub is welded onto the axle itself, and the bearings are inside the differential housing. Okay. Okay, that's a straight axle. Okay. Then you have a stub axle. A stub axle is just a freewheeling um, four or five inch stud, uh, stub axle that's sticking out mm-hmm. and it's made onto the knuckle. Mm-hmm. And right there, the you know, wheel just goes on it. And usually it's in the rear of these uh, front wheel drive vehicles because they're front wheel drive. They It's a free axle just turning in the back. Right. So there's nothing to it. Right. And so you had the stub axle, you had the CV axle, and you had the solid axles in okay. these vehicles. So when you think about, you really got to need to know what type of vehicle you have and what type of. Uh, components, the specifications, because really, if you look at the VIN number, it will tell you everything about that vehicle. Mm-hmm. That's that 17-digit VIN mm-hmm. number. Uh, the dealership always asks you for the last eight, Yeah, and what they're looking for is where, not really where it was made, because they know, but what type of vehicle it is. It gives them the make, the model, and specifications Okay, through that vehicle. And so, that'll let you know specifically what pieces that you need for your wheel hub bearings. Right. Okay. A lot of times... In the middle of the year, they may change uh, something, you know, like those Takata airbags as they keep changing. Mm -hmm. And so certain vehicles will be under recall. Same thing with axles or any other part that goes on the vehicle. They'll start changing in the middle of the year if they notice something going bad. Right. They'll change them out, and that VIN number will tell you. Because you could have a 2023 made in January is not the same thing made in September. Right. Even though it's 2023. Mm-hmm. And I've told you all before is that they changed the model year September the year before. Mm-hmm. So if you're getting in, in 22, that would be in September would be a 23 vehicle. Okay. okay. Other than no noise, is there an indicator that you need to change these out? Well, like I say, once again, if the boots are broken, uh, torn or ripped, and there's no grease, you'll notice that. Or if you're slinging grease in the front end, you'll see where grease has been slinging in the front end where that uh, axle has been turning. Mm-hmm. Vibration, if you're driving down the road you and the wheel starts shaking. And a lot of people say, well, I look at the tire, I don't see anything. Well, then you need to go ahead and check those axles. you got to go in a little deeper. got to go in a little deeper because, like I say, if it's shaking, or, you know, it's really not going to bounce, but really going to shake. And then the popping noise, uh, especially the popping noise when you turn left or right or in your curb, you can mm-hmm. hear it popping really as you mm-hmm. turn it hard. And then the clunking noise. Okay. okay. Now, clunking noise could be a lot of different things, but I would check those axles. And if you were had your vehicle up on a rack, you know, where your mechanic was checking it, mm-hmm. they could check the uh, play in the wheels itself. And that, that gives you an indication of the bearings, if they're bad, the mm-hmm. end play, mm-hmm. uh, especially on a solid axle. Right. So you could check that and you could... Um, 
and like I say, really, uh, bearings should be greased, especially tapered bearings mm-hmm. should be greased every time, uh, you know, because that's where you can find out if you have a lot of play in them. Mm-hmm. And then the roaring sound, if you hear a roaring sound or you hear a grumbling sound uh, in the front ends for the bearings, same thing with rear end, you may want to check those bearings. Okay. So there's a lot of different things that you can do. And listen for, like, say, I'm hard of hearing sometime, and so some of those noise I don't hear. Right, 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 right. So you can kind of look to see. Right. I think you hit a nerve, Coach. I think you hit a nerve. We've, we've got the phone lines ringing right now. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician, is our expert host. I'm Jermaine Flood. I hope you downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. And you know what? Coach, I'm going to ask them to do a little something for us because week after next, we're going to have a um, topic about first cars. Everybody's got a first car. Everybody had a first car. Everybody probably wrecked a first car. And you've got a first car story. So what I want everybody to do, if you are an avid autocorrect fan listener, I want you to go on the MPB app. Hit the talk to us button. Use that feature and leave us a story about your first car. What type, make, model, and the story that goes along with that. Why did you like that first car or dislike that first car? Right. Now, I think you've got, what, Jay, how long do they have on there? Like two minutes to be able to get their story out? I think so. I think for uh, video, it might be 30 seconds or a minute. But for audio, it is a full two minutes and you have the option. Okay, you've got the option to use video or audio. If you use audio, you get the full two minutes. I know somebody's got a two-minute long story. (laughs) That's right. But use that Talk to Us feature, and what we're going to do is we're going to incorporate that into the show um, week after next, and you'll hear your first car story out there on air while you're sitting back and enjoying AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie. That'd be great. (laughs) So make sure you do that. In addition to using that Talk to Us feature, you can also listen to the show on the MPB Public Media app. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Coach, we're going to go to the phones. We've got Craig on the line in Biloxi. He's asking, how often do you check bearings and joints? And that's what I wanted to know. Craig, you're on with Coach Charlie. Oh, yeah. When you're checking the CV joints in the front, uh, how do you check, once it's on the lift, how do you check them? Are you looking for play? And uh, if if the bearings go bad in the in the back of the front wheels, uh, is it uh, does it damage more things other than just the bearing? Because I had a uh, bearing spin on me and it and it fused itself to the axle. I almost had to buy a new rear axle. Yeah, that's the thing about the uh, rear bearings. Uh, since you can't see them and they're inside that axle housing, they get hot and they will weld straight to that uh, axle housing, that axle like you're talking about. And a lot of times, that's probably the reason why the hubs sometimes break off and all because of the heat from those bearings. So you always want to make sure that you're checking the fluid level in that differential on those rear-wheel drive vehicles and four-wheel drive vehicles because that is what's cooling those bearings. Now, on the front-wheel drive, you're saying checking those CV axles. Well, the only way that I check those is, first of all, if I'm doing a brake job, I will take the, make sure the brake pad's off, and I will take and turn that hub. And as I turn that hub, I am listening for noise because a lot of times you can hear that noise when you turn that hub free spinning. 
And so that's a good indication there if you can hear the noise. And I've replaced many of those hubs on those vehicles there that where you can hear the noise. Now, you can do it by free play, according to how much play you can move that wheel while it's on the vehicle and move it side to side and see how much free uh, play you have in that wheel. It should be tight. You should not be able to move that wheel a whole bunch. All righty. That answers my question with that. Thank you. Okay, thank, thank you. Thank you, Craig. Thank you for giving us a call. We're going to stay on the line. We've got T.C. in Macomb. T.C., you are on with Coach Charlie. Hey, I just wanted to say uh, good morning to you, Coach, Jermaine, and Jay. Hope you all having a good day and glad to be able to get back to the show. Yeah. Uh, Welcome back, T.C. All right. Well, I got two things, and I'm going to make this real quick, and I just, just want to make sure I get every detail in. First, I wanted to say uh, I wanted to say thank you, Coach. I called a while back on a rear wheel hub. That's the one uh, Jermaine was having problems because it's kind of tricky trying to say rear wheel. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> thank you for the explanation on how to use the VIN number because uh, I finally got it and figured out that the people at AutoZone had the totally complete wrong mm-hmm. part rear hub for that Toyota Yaris. That's right. And then at, at the same time, they would not even honor it. They wanted me to spend another few hundred dollars, and AutoZone told me they. If I'd have came to them, they would have honored the part, whether it was a uh, warranty had ran out or not. But finally, I got the right rear hub on my car, and thank you for that, Coach. Yes, sir. And uh, the second thing is, uh, I uh, called a little while back about a 1999 uh, Pontiac Grandam with the 3400 V6 uh, about the uh, lifters tapping. I tried the additives and everything in the vehicle, uh, the number two cylinder. Uh, Lifter push rod was still tapping. So um, basically what I did, I drained it. I drained all the oil out again, and then I I adjusted. Maybe I shouldn't have. But I adjusted the um, – I took the rocker arm and took some of the push rods out and scrubbed all the old crud off of it and put them back in, and I went up with a heavier weight. It's called 5W30, but maybe I shouldn't have went up to the heavier weight. But anyway, uh, I, Saturday I ran it. Ran the vehicle, let it idle in, and it, the tapping got worse. All of a sudden, I, 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 I tapped on the idler to rev it up just a little bit, and you already know this is not good. I heard something come loose inside the engine, so I immediately shut it off. <laughs> I knew that was, that was the quickest thing to do. So I had, a, I had a little time off. I'm off right now. And I could not wait till Thursday came, and I just got up because I'm like, "Oh my lord, I don't miss the show." <laughs> I wish Coach, I wish Coach there would come on at least every day, like Southern Remedy. Oh my gosh, I gotta ask this question. <laughs> I'm a popular guy in my town. That's why I don't give. A, that's why I call myself just say TC because they're like, "That is him talking." That's him. That's him. But um, but just to get at it because uh, before I was done. My grandpa and then mechanics run my blood. I didn't want to do it. You you gonna make a mechanic out of me? So over the weekend, <laughs> over the weekend, I did some YouTube videos and I finally found a guy that did a whole demonstration of breaking the engine down. So I I already had I already had everything broken down uh, before I got to the video, like the uh, uh, the alternator, the serpentine belt, and all this that and core pack. I already had all this stuff down, so I knew that I was having trouble trying to get the intake off. So I finally got to that. And well, um, got got the the, uh, the uh, platinum taken off, the intake plate uh, taken off, and I took out all the push rods. And I, I, I really honestly don't know how to inspect the lifters, but they all look good. I don't know if that's a telltale sign, but I took all them out, so I couldn't see anything. So I went and bought me a scope, and I really love this thing because I didn't want to drop the oil pan. So I got the scope, paid it was eighty bucks. I went underneath and 
stuck the scope inside the uh, drain oil, stuck the scope inside the oil pan, and I did see a big old chunk of metal. I got one piece out with my magnet. The other piece was really big, so I got to looking up top, and on the bottom side of the uh, camshaft, I could see like a, I believe that's a piece of the camshaft. But now, I cannot, when I try and rotate my uh, crankshaft, it only moves maybe maybe an eighth of a turn back and forth, and I'm just trying to figure out, and I, and I realize now after taking the intake off that I could tell that someone did uh, have maybe some blue devil because I could see all the gasket sealer on top. Right. If I don't, if I don't went in this far in the engine and, and doing it just by learning YouTube, in which I had a little me- mechanic knowledge, should I go any deeper, or and can you tell, explain to me why that, that crankshaft is not turning? Well you, need, uh, what you need to do there, you need to take the spark plugs out of it, take your scope, I, look down in that cylinder, because I had the same thing happen. What happened was a screw, this was one of the students were doing something, a screw fell down there inside that spark plugs and that cylinder, so something could have broke off and it's lodged in that cylinder, because that piston has to come all the way up before it can go back down. So you got that's there's something stuck somewhere in a cylinder or a rod maybe broke. That don't sound good. Okay. Yep. All right, TC. Well, I hope that helped you. Well, thank you. You're breaking up, TC. But thank you for giving us a call. You are the best. You are the best, TC. I hope that worked out. Coach, you did it again, hopefully. Well, what he needs to do, he needs to check inside that cylinder, make sure there's nothing in those cylinders because the spark plug could have broke and it could be down into the cylinder mm-hmm. or the valve could have dropped because uh, he said that he had something wrong with the camshaft. A valve could have dropped in, this, in that cylinder and... That's what could have happened. Almost time for a new engine. I love TC. He gives you a big story, and you know how to break it down. (laughs) That's what I love about TC. TC, thank you again for giving us a call. Okay, so in the news, Coach, backseat dangers, small cars are fumbling in an updated IIHS crash test. Now, in a recent change to its longest-running moderate overlap front front crash evaluation, the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety added updates to the test for the sake of backseat occupants. After testing a group of small SUVs, the agency has turned its attention to small cars, putting the Honda Civic sedan, Kia Forte, Nissan Sentra, Subaru Crosstrek and Toyota Corolla sedan through the ringer. While the Crosstrek is often classified as an SUV, the, they are labeling it as a small car wagon. And the results are not encouraging. Coach, you said they don't make back seats like they used to. They don't make them like they used to. <laughs> I reckon you had to be there in order to know what I was talking about. <laughs> I remember back seats that were made like sofas. That's right. <laughs> and you couldn't get your hand up to the front to touch anybody yeah, out that's there. Right. Would you say, Jay? I was just thinking, Coach, were you thinking of a specific model and make when you were thinking of like a back seat tank? <laughs> well, I will tell you, I had a, uh, like, this could go along with my story. We had. A, uh, a 1963 Galaxy 500, and it had a 396 in it, and the back seat was like... I mean, that sounds like a spaceship. It was like a spaceship, <laughs> but... They wanted that to sound like a... 1963, they wanted you to think you bought a spaceship with wheels on it. And yeah. it was nice. And that back seat was big. Yeah. Uh, my grandmother had a Bonneville. I can't remember the year exactly, probably 77 or something like that. 
Yeah. So, yeah, that was a gigantic car that came in like cream. Yeah. You get 15 people in the back seat and just keep on going. I had a Riviera in that <laughs> 15 Riviera. people in, in the trunk. In the little, I don't even know what you call it, but the area behind the seat. <laughs> you the, talking the back about window part? <laughs> yes. The, the, what they would call a death trap now. Yeah. Kids yeah. slept for hours on road trips in that little area. Little don't area. Do that with your kids now. Don't let them do that. They'd get right back behind it on the top of it and lay there. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> well, y'all. We hadn't heard from Jay in a couple of hours. Somebody bump him and make sure he's still alive. That's right. Oh, goodness. Yeah, it's it's not looking good for them. So among all five cars, the rear dummy slid forward beneath the lap belt. While the Civic and the Corolla earned good ratings across all other driver and rear passenger injury criteria, their rear passenger restraint systems knocked their overall grades from good to acceptable. Meanwhile, the Forte Centurion Crosstrek earned a poor rating overall after display, displaying marginal or poor protection from injury risk to the rear passenger's head, neck, and chest. Of all the small cars, I can't get it out, included in the updated test earned a good rating in IIHS original moderate overlap front evaluation. The 2023 model years of the Civic and Corolla were named their top safety picks for 2023. So there you go. That sounds good. Now we can make sure that... Don't uh, ride in the back seat. Well... That is what the government wants you to do. All the kids had to ride in the back seat. They can't ride in the front seats no more. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Make sure your back seat is safe. That's Check right. that out somewhere. And I'll have a link um, to this story in our podcast description. We're talking about wheel hubs and bearings. You can email your questions to auto at mpbonline.org. And we've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up and Coach's Tip of the Week. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The Ram Rebel has long been one of my favorite trucks, but I always wish they'd make a heavy-duty version of it. And for 2023, they have. And we've got it this week. What I really like about this truck is from the outside, it just looks sinister. You know, dark trim on it. This one has the 20-inch dark alloy wheels on it. Even the Ram logos are all black. It just looks really, really cool. But this one's jacked up. It's got the Cummins diesel engine in it, so you can pull almost 17,000 pounds with it. This has 370 horsepower by 850 pound-feet of torque. Four-wheel drive, jacked up with the off-road package on it. Inside, all the luxury features you'd want. Heated and ventilated front seats, a heated leather-wrapped steering wheel, Harman Kardon audio, the full tablet touchscreen, and also it has all the crash avoidance systems, including lane keep assist, automatic emergency braking, and adaptive cruise. In the bed, you've got all the plugs already in there for that fifth wheel trailer and all the power outlets too. So let's talk about price. The Ram 2500 starts right at $44,000. This one all in. $91,730. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from autocorrect.mpbonline.org. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Stay tuned after the show at 11 a.m. at Southern Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Morgan McLeod. I'm Jermaine Flood, and our expert is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified. I can't get it out, coach. Master technician. That's what you are. And it's time for your co- your coach's tip of the week. <laughs> well, you know, we're talking about axles and bearings. Um, you just want to make sure that you listen for noise on the vehicles. 
uh, if they're rumbling, if they sound like mm-hmm. an airplane, hey, something needs to be done. And then if you're going to sight, make sure you're looking for grease or anything on those axles that are being slung all over. Mm-hmm. Then you know something else is wrong. So just make sure you check your vehicle out good. Listen and look. Right. Look and listen to those axles, wheel hubs and bearings, um, and you'll get that together. Coach, let's talk about um, let's talk about changing a whole EV into a four wheel drive. <laughs> Well, you know, we do have EVs that are four-wheel drives. They come from the manufacturer, you know, just like Jeeps and Chevrolets and all they do. So what you want to do on there is that it's real important that you have the motor itself up front. You know, uh, everybody always said there's a difference between a motor and an engine, and there is. A motor is electric. That is where your E-axles go in. Your axles go in there just like it does a regular transmission. Mm -hmm. But now how to get four-wheel drive, they either put another motor in the very back, uh, just like you have a differential, but they'll put a motor there and have two axles coming out of it as well. Yeah. And there is a little button. If you look on a lot of the consoles now that you can push, and it's all done electronically Mm -hmm. to engage those. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure you know what you got. All right. Make sure you know what you got and you can make EVs now into four wheel drives. That's for sure. Well, before we get into our last call, what else do you have for us, coach, when it comes down to hubs and bearings and and all of that? When it, you know, after you've checked them, what else can we do with them? Well, let me explain to you one thing, too. You do not have to go out and buy a brand new axle. There are places that will rebuild those uh, CV axles and they'll put a whole new end on it. And you can save yourself a lot of money. Okay. You know, just don't go on and say, I got to have a new one. Those can be rebuilt. Most ones you get in the auto parts stores are rebuilt. Okay. Okay. Well, we're going to hit the phone lines. We've got Roy and Crystal Springs. Roy, you were on with Coach Charlie. Morning, Coach. Uh, morning. I'm having problems with uh, my electrical system. I got a 1990 Chip Silverado 4x4. And I've changed alternator, put new battery in, have a new starter on it. And there's something to stand open because it sits still for about two or three days and my battery run down. And I've gone through everything I can think of. So there's a parastatic draw somewhere coming from that vehicle. That means that parastatic means that there is some type of uh, something in the drawing where it don't supposed to. The first thing I do is look and make sure that Open your glove box. Make sure that light's not on because a lot of times that light will stay on and nobody ever even knows it because the light will go off when you – that's a parasitic draw. The other way what you could do or you could have somebody do is they could go through the fuse box and they can take a test light and see what is drawing power when it does not supposed to be drawing power. And that's how you're going to find that uh, parasitic draw. If you replace the alternator, you replace the starter, and you know there's no short nowhere, that's what you need to look for. Okay. Okay. Because I've gone through everything I can think of, banging my head against the wall. Yeah, just make sure you don't have nothing on that's supposed to be off when it's uh, sitting there. But the main thing, make sure that radio goes off. Make sure the fan goes off because a lot of times if those relays stick, you'll hear something. But most of all, really just check those fuses, and you'll find out where that draw is. You want to have a test light and an amp meter. All right. Roy, does that help? That does. All right. Right. 
I enjoyed the show 100%. Thank you so much. Thank you, Roy, for giving us a call. Coach, of course, you've done it again. It's 100%. He's done it again. Look, so tomorrow, I think it's tomorrow, National Odometer Day is tomorrow. And you just recognize it by looking at your odometer. So... I saw that. What? Why? Well, we got too much going on. What part of that Adam do you want to look for? Do you want to look for trip A, trip B, or you just want to know how many miles you went? Yeah, but see, the first thing I thought of is the old school like tripping, the old school mechanical <laughs> mileage thing that would trip up, and you had the white, the white one white, at the end, yes. the tenth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you don't have that no more. You had to wait till it comes up, and a lot of times. Most people don't ride with the odometer on right. the screen. Right. Well, we're, you got to celebrate it tomorrow. <laughs> I love Coach's face. Well, I think I'll celebrate it uh, when I drive down to New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Celebrate Some it law then. enforcement might celebrate it tomorrow. That's true. Celebrate it then. Sitting on the side of the road with the radar gun. Right. <laughs> Y'all, remember now, hit that Talk to Us feature on the app, on the MPB Public Media app, and leave us your first car story. Mine was a Plymouth Duster. So I'll talk about that week after next, but we want to hear yours. So make sure you hit that Talk to Us feature on the MPB Public Media app. And that'll wrap us up for today. Give us your stories. We want to hear those first car stories. I'm Jermaine Flood. Our show, um, our crew engineer is Jay White. Our call screener was Abram Nanny. For Coach Melton, Charlie Melton, Master Technician, I'm Jermaine Flood again. Thanks for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.